just smile at somebody as you grab a seat today. Let them know you were glad that they sat next to you. We're glad you were in church today. So glad you're here. Balcony, we see you up there. Online church, we're so thankful you're here today. It's good to see you. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much, team. I mean, can we give a round of applause for our team today? So good. It's been, there's some extra challenges. I won't go into them, but there's some extra challenges we're facing with setup and teardown in this season, and our team is just doing so, so well. And um, here, Brad, thank you. And uh, we're just so thankful for our team and so glad you're here. If you have your Bible, if you can turn to 1 Samuel, I'm going to go there in a minute. You're going to find it right after Ruth. And uh, if it's in the first quarter of your Bible, if you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, just know we have free Bibles you can have uh, out at the guest central table. There's Bibles there we bought with your money. We just want you to enjoy. We believe the Bible will change your life. Your faith is not confined to two hours on a Sunday morning. Um, we believe that God is active in your life. Read your Bible. There's something in it for you. God wants to speak to you. Uh, in 1 Samuel, we're going to start reading in chapter 2 in just a moment. Like I said, uh, next Sunday is birthday Sunday, and we just want to celebrate. I remember we, we're, we always get uh, nostalgic this time of year. And when we launched our first service, September 17th, uh, 2017, I remember it was a huge day. Many of you were there. It was a big day. And we were in this room, and um, just God showed up, and we didn't know what, uh, no idea what we were doing. And... The fire truck showed up because we, we set off fire alarms. With, and it, it, was a, it was an amazing mess. And everybody's like, what a day. What a launch. A new church in the city. God is doing something. And we drove home and going, I don't know if we can do that every single Sunday. <laughs> I had the best Pentecostal nap of my life that day. Uh, but we're celebrating six years coming up next week. God has been so good. And whether you've been here for one week or you've been here all six years, we're going to celebrate next Sunday, and we're really glad you're here. And then tonight, again, team, if you're a part of our dream team, whether you're serving or you used to serve and you want to serve again, uh, join us tonight. It's in your inbox, in your email. We, we don't give you the, the time or location because other people will show up just for fun. you got to be a dream team member, and it's going to be so good. So that is tonight, and we're going to get on the same page. It's going to be an amazing night. First Samuel, if you're there, say hey. 1 Samuel is an interesting chapter of the Bible. It's, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. I love 1 and 2 Samuel and Kings. I, I love stories of exploits, and I love exploits of, of, of God doing things and using ordinary people. In 1 Samuel, a lot of it is a story about this woman named Hannah. And Hannah, um, in chapter 1, she is barren. She wants to have children, and she cannot have children. You see in the story, Hannah shows up to the temple, to the church, and she cries out in a prayer. In fact, um, she was in so much pain in her prayer, she couldn't even mouth words. She was just silently praying, but her lips were moving. She was so uh, emotional in her prayer and intense that, in fact, the priest, Eli, thought she was drunk. He walked over and said, you, you can't be like this in public. And she, he thought she was just mumbling and slurring her speech. But I don't know if you've been there. I've been there a few times in my life when you've been so emotional, so invested in a situation in your life. Maybe it's pain or grieving or you need a miracle that you can't even form words. But it, it actually comes out more like a wounded animal. It sounds like that's what Hannah was going through. And her desire to have a son and her inability to have one. Chapter 1, she plays in verse 10. You'll see it in, in verse 10. She prays from a place of deep pain. and Then she says this in her prayer. You can read it there in, in Samuel 1. She says, she promises God that if he would give her a child, give her a son, 
that he would dedicate him back, that she would give him back to the temple to serve in church. She would check him into kids' ministry and never check him out. Don't do that, parents. If you put your kids in kids' ministry today, they, that, if, I felt God say leaving them there. That's not God. Take them with you. She, all, what she said is, if you give us a son, if you give me and my husband a son, we will dedicate him to the Lord's work. Chapter 2, a miracle happens, and we see here that Hannah now has a son named Samuel. Her prayers were answered, and she takes him to church, and then he stays there with Eli and the priests, and he is raised in the house of God. There's an amazing story there of Samuel hearing God's voice for the first time and, and, and not understanding what he was hearing. There's a whole lesson there about learning the voice of God and how the generations can teach us. It's interesting, Eli had his own sons, and the tradition was, if you were a priest, that your, that your sons became priests. So it was like a family business. And it said they had these sons that were becoming priests and leading in the temple. And In fact, I'll pick it up in chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. It's not my focus, but I think it's interesting to note. It says in verse 12, it says, Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels. It says in my version. I love that word. They were dirty, rotten scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or their duties as priests. So Eli had sons who were supposed to be priests and were growing up in the house and taking on responsibilities, but they were evil and scoundrels. And if you read it, they were stealing from the offerings. They were seducing women in the church. They were evil leaders. But then you had this young boy, Samuel, who was placed into the church as a child. We pick it up here in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 2. It says, but Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. One of the things we love is seeing our kids serve in the house of God, even today, as parents were on stage and doing sound check and they were playing hide and go seek in the church. I'm not sure how much serving they were doing, but they were definitely having fun playing hide and go seek in this building. But to see young people, to see children, to see teenagers serving, enjoying the house of God. It says he wore a linen garment of that of a priest. It's almost like he had a little, you ever, you ever see those uniforms, like my kid always had Batman uniforms? Maybe you have a little police Man, uh, uniforms or fire, fire, firefighter uniforms and little doctor uniforms and like dress up. It's almost like he had his own little priest outfit. And it's interesting, it says here in verse 19, it says each year his mother, Hannah, made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Every year, because he was growing, she'd make a brand new coat that looked just like the priest and she'd put him on and she'd come back the next year and go, you need a bigger coat. This boy was literally growing up in the house of God, and she kept bringing new clothes that would fit him. Verse 26. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel, this is our focus today, grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and all people. I'm going to read that again. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with all people. And I just have to go over, that reminds me, it sounds just like another verse, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, Luke chapter 2, verse 51, talking about Jesus. If you know your Bible, if you know your story. Jesus was 12, he was in the temple, his parents lost him in church, they actually lost him for three days. Again, do not lose your kids at Nova Church. Uh, some of you feel like you failed this week as a parents. They lost Jesus, they lost God. You know, people say, where's Jesus? They lost Jesus for three days. He was in church studying and teaching. We pick it up here in verse 51 of Luke chapter 2. And it says, He returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to Mary and Joseph. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Look at verse 52. It sounds a lot like Samuel. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, in height, 
and in favor with God and all people. It's amazing to me, both Samuel and Jesus, they grew in favor with God and all people. Today, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on this title. I want to encourage you as we launch into this fall, our sixth season as a church, as a faith community. This title somewhere, write it down, growing up. Write it down. Just think that. Look at your person next to you and say, you need to grow up. I just started a whole bunch of fights with some married people right now in this room. <laughs> Look back, you need to make the bed. No, do not do that. Growing up. Growing up. Let's talk this morning. Let's believe today. Let's, God's going to speak to somebody today. Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you've already done this morning to encourage us. We pray these next few minutes your word would come alive. We don't ask for just information. We don't ask for just a presentation. I'm asking today, God, that your, your spirit would cut right through um, tradition or numbness or pain or fear or distraction and actually speak to the very spirits of men and women in this room. God, we want to leave here higher, fuller, more passionate about you. Come Holy Spirit and help us in this moment. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, our children, um, your children, are growing up. And this past week, uh, Pastor Nancy mentioned it during announcements and transition. Uh, it was a big week. I, I love it. I love it. Our kids were not fans of it. The back-to-school pictures on the front step. A lot of you do this. You know, you've seen this. If you've been on social media all week, you were waiting for it, and they did not disappoint. The signs, if you see the signs, I think our kids hate this. My name is so-and-so. I'm going into grade this. And uh, it was always a little bit of a fight to get our kids out the front door for those pictures, trying to get their hair right, their leg. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? The first day of school sneaks up on you. You're trying to make lunches. You're trying to get kids out. You're trying to get out the door. You're late. And meanwhile, you have to document this because if it's not on Instagram, it does not exist. If it's not Facebook official, it's not official. And all these kids going back to school this week. It was all over the front step pictures. And it's amazing. We, friends were messaging each other and you're seeing on social media. And it feels like they're growing up overnight. It feels like they grew up overnight. Uh, we drove by someone to, uh, this week on first day of school and, and this, young, this young man and I was like, what grade is he going into? Nancy's like, he's in high school. I'm like, what? He's on the front step. We drove by. His mother taking his picture. I was like, I can't believe he's in high school. I remember him on launch day six years ago. It seems like it's happening overnight. It's happening so much with our kids. Maddie, we're so proud of her. So much has happened in these last few months. She has a part-time job now. Um, we're now charging her rent. We're not. We should. Um, she, has, she can get her full driver's license next week. I can't believe that. Little Maddie. Um, she even traveled across the country by herself this summer to go to camp for a couple weeks. Um, we're so proud of her. Uh, our son, Josh, he was home for two weeks. We so enjoyed it from the West Coast. He just left Tuesday. Uh, we're so proud of him. We cried all day Tuesday. If you're wondering, we were crying all day. Uh, as he went, I could cry right now if I'm not careful. Uh, we put him on a plane. He went back to his second year as internship and working full-time on the West Coast. And we're so proud of him. And it was interesting. Just before he came home, we were really missing him. Um, like the week before he came home, and we're driving through Starbucks, and I never forget, we're driving through the parking lot, and I don't know if you do this, but sometimes you're, you're thinking things, but you think, should I say that to my spouse? I don't know if I should. And we're driving, and I see this young man leaning against the car, and he looks just like my Josh. I'm like, at this point, we hadn't seen him for five months. We're missing him so much. And I'm like, he's standing there. He's cool. He's got his hair in his eyes. And I'm like, that looks so much like Josh. And I started getting emotional. And I thought, should I tell Nancy that kid reminds me of Josh? I don't know if I should. And I look over at Nancy, and there's a tear coming right down her face. I'm like, oh, she already saw him. She thinks the exact same thing. It's amazing. Our kids are growing up. And uh, 
It seems like uh, it seems like they were little kids in that little kid stage forever. They're little and then they're not. And it seems like it happens like this, doesn't it, parents? It seems like you're forever battling baths and getting to bed and there's stuffies and good night stories. I sang You Are My Sunshine every night from when she, Maddie was one till she was like 13. It seems like it takes forever, doesn't it? Cutting up their food, feeding them meals, getting, going and getting school supplies. It seems like it takes forever. Those of you young kids, you're like, man, my kids are not growing up. They're just the same all the time. It seems like I'm doing nothing but laundry and meal prep and cleaning up and homework. We stopped doing homework in grade three for our kids because we no longer understood it. I am, I'm okay to say it. I had the level of math of a grade two, I think, at this point. They were, they were doing radicals and fractions. I'm like, I don't understand what X equals, and I don't need it in my life. I don't know if you need it in your life, but all the best. That's why we have Google. God gave us Google for a reason now. Google it. Seems like it took forever until it didn't. It seems like they grew up overnight. One thing I loved about our family, we have a few traditions. One thing we did early is that we decided we were going to mark their heights on doors. Anybody do this? Anybody do this in your home? Did you do this growing up? Something like, we never do this. Do you ever mark the height of your kids as they grow on the doors? We did this. We decided early this is going to be fun. We moved into our house, and we were so excited. i never forget when we started raising our kids, and they started old enough to run and walk, and they were hanging out. I said, we want to mark your height because when you're in it, you don't see your kids growing. Have you noticed that? People come up to you, man, your kids are growing. Like, I don't see it. You see it when they're pa- they start going through growth spurts in their pants, and then they wear their pants out, and... You're going, I don't know if I see it. So we did as a kid, and I never forget, we had Josh and Maddie, and I don't know if Josh was two or three, and Maddie was one, and we said, we're going to start doing this. And we picked the door in our house. It was a big moment. Like, what door? So we, the closet in our bedroom. So we go in there. You can see it to this day. And the first thing we did was we measured me. So I'm like this tall. Yeah. Nancy's like this tall. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> the kids passed Nancy when she was, when they were like four, they passed her. It was amazing. It was a big day. It was a big day. And, uh, the, and we, we marked our height. We'd mark our height on the door. And I remember my kids, their focus was, can we match dad? That was the goal. And I forget when we first did it, Josh, he, you know, his little PJs on, his little stuffed animal. He had a Pikachu stuffed animal. And he just, no hair and missing teeth. And just this little guy, scrappy little guy. He's like, measure me, dad. And you put him in and you put, okay, put your head next to it and get a book. And then they always do the same thing, don't they? They always raise their heels up. You want to be taller, right? It's like Nancy does the same thing today. That's why she wears heels. And, and it's like, no, come on, put your feet down. Let's, let, and we just start measuring. How tall are you, Josh? All right, you're right there. Perfect. And then Maddie goes, me too, me too. Okay, Maddie, you get in there. On this side, we measure Maddie right there. And we write the date. We write down the date of whatever it was. It's amazing to me that when we started doing that, the next day Josh goes, I think I grew last night. I'm like, buddy, I don't know if he didn't know I grew last night. Measure me, Dad. We put him in there. I'm like, no, buddy, uh, you're the exact same height as you were yesterday. Okay, next day, measure me, Dad. I, th- I ate my broccoli, and we, I, I grew, and we'd measure him again. And then what happens is the novelty leaves, and then you forget about it, and then it's like a few months later, or something like a birthday or maybe Christmas, or like, hey, guys, let's, let's measure you. And all of a sudden, they get excited, and you come in, and sure enough, Josh, look at this. You grew an inch, and we mark the date now. It's October. I remember doing this, and I remember all of a sudden you forget about it, and you come back and you go, okay, we want to measure them again, and you'd forget for a while, and then you'd measure them again, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I don't think Josh is growing, 
Maddie definitely is. And Maddie's looking at her brother, and she's catching him. And she's now looking him in the eye, and they're the same height. And people are like, are you kids twins? Like, no, they're two years apart. And Josh's like, I need to grow. We're like, in Jesus' name, we pray for your father's height in Jesus' name. We pray for your mother's spiritual walk, but your father's height in Jesus' name. And start praying. I remember him laying in bed praying, grow legs, grow. And, 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 and Maddie started praying, stop growing legs, stop, because she was getting too tall. And you forget, it's interesting, you're too close to it, you can't see growth sometimes. You're too close to it. People come from away and go, man, your kids are growing. In this church, we take so many pictures, and we take pictures of our kids on launch day, and, and all of a sudden, you look at them and go, I don't think they're growing. And then you see these pictures from a year ago, like, man, those kids have grown. We're thinking this week as we approach our sixth birthday as a church, this is a thought that's just in my mind I want to encourage you with today, whether you're watching in person or online, this is a thought. Are we, are we growing up as a church? I think it's an important question to ask. I think it's an important question for you to ask. Are we growing up? And I want to make sure you know the difference that growing older and growing up are not the same thing. If you've been around people at all in your life, you have learned that growing up and growing older do not equate the same thing. I know a lot of people that are getting older, but they're no more mature than they were 30 years ago. You've been around people that had the same temper. They had the same temptations, they had the same immaturity, they laugh at the same things, they, they had the lack of character, and teaching our kids this, going, just because someone's older doesn't mean they're more mature. I, I know some 20-year-olds that have wrestled with maturity. I know some 50-year-olds that need to grow a lot, and growing up and growing older are not the same thing. Age does not equal maturity. As we're going into our sixth year as a church, as a faith community, my question this week that was marinating in my spirit, and I want to just put it out to you and your faith and your walk with Jesus, is are we growing up? Are we growing up? Getting older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. We have a, we have a whole world trying to fight growing older. Now, I'm here for all of it. And they got the tone and stuff and cream, and they're taking vitamins. I'm taking magnesium. I got zinc. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I sleep in a freezer as much as I can. You know, the whole, there's a whole industry is trying to get older. Listen, I've learned this. You cannot stop getting older. It's mandatory. Growing up is different. It's optional. There's a lot of people that stop growing in their faith, stop growing in their spirit, stop growing in their walk. With Jesus, I've said it before, but I never forget, man, being in church, and we used to have the offerings come up in these plates, and they used to ask one usher to prove the offering. This one usher had been in church his whole life, man. He was in church before I was born, and he's still there. And, this, man, he just, this old, faithful person, he prayed, and I, he just said, Brother so-and-so, will you pray over the offering? He's like, Lord, bless this food. In Jesus' name, amen. And the whole church realized in that moment, he has no prayer life, and he only prays over his supper. And I realized he's been in church his whole life, but he's never grown up in his faith. I want to ask us as a church, are we growing older as a church or are we growing up as a church? The goal for our walk, our faith walk with Jesus isn't attendance, it's growth. Now we need to pause there for a minute because if I, if I move past this, you'll miss the, the, really the core of this thought and where I believe God wants to encourage us today. Is that the goal of this gathering, the goal of this faith community is not attendance, it's growth. There's a difference in that. There's a difference between just attending and growing. It needs to be a shift in our mindset. And some of us in this room, it needs to be a reset of our mindset. The goal shouldn't be to attend church for the rest of our lives. It should be, it should be to grow into the likeness of Jesus. 
it's really easy to confuse that. It's like marriage. We, we did a wedding yesterday for a couple that we know. And, and as I'm doing this wedding ceremony and I'm looking at this couple exchanging vows and the witnesses, I'm reminded, thinking about our church as we go into our sixth year, the goal of marriage isn't to stay married for 50 years. Maybe some of you think it is. Maybe it's like we exchange rings and vows. I have to stick into this to come hell or high water, richer or poor, better or for worse, sickness or in health. I'm staying in this marriage. The goal of marriage is not to stay married till you die. The goal of marriage is to keep growing in love and support and knowing each other, and bringing out the best in each other, and serving the other one, and to make sure they grow into what God has for them in their life, and to support them. And if you both do that, you'll make 50 years. You'll make 60 years. The goal of marriage is not to just stay married until the kids leave the house. It's not to stay married until you can just make it to 50 years. No, no, the goal of marriage is the growth of your love and of each other. Because if you get that wrong, you may actually stay married. You may sleep in the same bed 50 years, eat at the same table, go on the same vacations, raise kids. And you may make 50 years and miss the point. We have so many people that are faithfully married to the constitution of marriage and the duty of marriage. And they've missed the point. Sometimes I feel like in our faith, we have to understand this. The goal is not to say, I never backslid. I never walked away from the faith. I always went to church. Man, no matter what happened, I was online and in person. I stayed apart. The goal is not attendance. The goal is growth. You could be checking a box and missing the point. I want us to wrestle with that because we're not a new church anymore. I don't know. We can't call ourselves a church plant anymore. We're more of a shrub at this point, uh, a hedge, a small sapling maybe even. We're not, we're not new anymore. We're in this for a while. And if we're not careful, we'll think the goal is make it to year seven, another year, check. If we're not careful going, you know what, we just, we got oh, year seven, hope I can make it to year eight. If, I get, if, we find, if we can get a building, maybe I'll make it. If we maybe get more, some more truck drivers, if we can maybe get some more people in kids' ministry, maybe I can make it to year nine. The goal isn't attendance. The, year, the goal is growth. Let me ask you, what's your vision for your faith? you got to have a vision. The Bible says without a vision, people perish. I was with a great friend this week who is struggling. I said, you got to get a vision for your life. This, this man's going through a whole bunch of stuff. He's at rock bottom. I'm like, where are you going to be in five years? Where do you want to be in ten years? What do you hear God saying? He's like, I've never thought about tomorrow. I'm like, you got to think about tomorrow. you got to get a vision for your life. Where do you see yourself? What do you see yourself doing? Who are you doing life with? What do you see your values, your character? Let me ask you, what's the vision for your faith? Front row to back row, what's the vision for your faith? Let me tell you what the Bible says. 2 Peter 3.18. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now uh, and to the day of eternity. Amen. The vision is to grow in the grace, to know more about Jesus. My goal is not to be a church attender for my whole life. I started attending when I was, uh, when I was uh, four months of age. I started attending church. For 47 and a half years and 48 years I've been going to church. That is not the goal. My goal is not to pastor this church and me and Nancy pastor this church to retire when we die. It's not, that's not the goal. The goal is not to just simply attend. The goal is to grow. There's so much more of Jesus to know. There's so much more of Jesus to serve. There's so much more of Jesus to fall in love with. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says it this way. We ought always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is 
growing abundantly. Let me ask you today, what's the goal today? As we start back in the fall, maybe some, you, you've been, been away this summer, maybe you've been away for a church for a while, maybe, maybe you've been coming all summer. As we start to go into the fall and people are like, all right, man, church is important. It is. People are like, man, I want to start coming back. We're glad you're here. But we've got to get the vision right and the goal right. The goal is not attendance, though we're full today. The goal is not attendance. The goal is growth. More in love with Jesus. More like Jesus. More passionate about Jesus. Here's three places I want to encourage you with today, the next few minutes, of where I'm believing for growth for you and with you. Number one, first place I like to see us believe for growth is in yourself. Grow yourself. Let me ask you today, how's your relationship with Jesus today? How's your relationship with Jesus? Is it only confined to this room in this building? Is it only confined to church? It's a good question to ask. As a pastor, it's a great question to ask. How is my relationship with Jesus? The goal is growth, not attendance. If it's simply attendance, oh, please don't miss this, you'll show up late for worship. If it's only attendance, you'll carry a, you, you'll carry a Bible, but you won't read it. If it's only attendance, you might read your Bible, but you won't obey it. If it's only attendance, you'll talk about God, but you never talk to God. See, the goal is growth, not attendance. And when you understand the difference in that, it'll change the way you live your faith, the way you attend church, and the way you live your life. Let me ask you today, what is Jesus saying to you? I have some people that ask me that. What's God saying to you? Oh, man, we're just getting ready to launch this program, and the church is going into six years. I didn't ask you about church. What is Jesus saying to you? To you, Where is Jesus asking you to change? Where is he calling you higher? What's he speaking to you? And then a great follow-up question is, where are you obeying Jesus? These are questions to determine growth, going, I don't know where I am. Am I growing or not? I would encourage you, this season, as we go into our sixth season as a church, as a faith community, I believe for growth in your personal walk. Grow yourself. There's so much more room for knowing Jesus. There's so much. I would trade everything I know about Jesus for everything I don't know about Jesus. There is so much more to know. More levels of faith. More levels of purity. More levels of serving. More level of sacrifice. More level of power. Different levels of prayer. I believe there's more growth in our lives. I know this. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he wants to grow you. He wants to support you. He wants to believe in you. And I want to encourage you today. There is new levels for you to grow in your faith. How is your walk with Jesus? What's he saying to you today? Do an evaluation. I don't know. You go, well, in my 20s, man, I just had this growth spurt. Man. I was just, I, I came at a certain year, and I got saved when I, when, uh, a few months ago, a few years ago, a few decades ago. And then, man, I remember I went on this missions trip, and then I remember God spoke to me. I couldn't get enough of God. And, and I remember that growth spurt. Remember the 90s? Man, Carmen had videos, and I was growing, man. I was just growing, man. If you got that, that means you've been around church for a while. You're, you're one of the 90 Christians. That's the most Christian you can be of the Christian is the 90s Christians. And, and some of the man growing, and man, I don't know, I just kind of like, I don't know, I kind of, I don't, don't really, it's kind of been a little bit of a plateau the last few decades. I don't know any more verses. I can't really say God's spoken into me. Whenever I tell stories, it's about when I met my wife and how that happened, or man, when we figured out how to buy that house, or that adventure when I saw God do a miracle. And, and, and my stories are from the 2000s, but you know, it's been a while since I've actually seen any growth in my spiritual walk. I want to encourage you, God wants to put you on a growth spurt this fall. There is more available. God is better than you know he is. He's more powerful than you've seen him be. There is more areas of growth. Can I encourage you? This is free. 
One way you can do that is come to the prayer room. We're relaunching it. Hopefully in the next seven to ten days we've been flooded out. The renovations were happening. We're at the final spots of renovations. Prayer rooms, Tuesday nights, Friday morning. We need to start more prayer rooms, more prayer times. Some of you are like, I don't have enough strength, but I know I need to grow. Force yourself to eat your vitamins. Take your vegetables. Go, I'm going to show up to prayer on Tuesday night. I'm going to show up to prayer on Friday mornings. And you watch what will happen. Personally, as one of your pastors, I see myself grow in the prayer room. I started because it's the right thing to do, but actually God met me there and exposed some things and helped some things and encouraged some things. There's more areas to grow. Make your spiritual growth a priority this season. Not just attendance. Your spiritual growth. There are new levels. It's interesting. Samuel and Jesus both taught us that when you have favor with God, you'll have favor with people. I don't know if you've read that today in verse 26 of Samuel 2 or of Luke chapter 2 verse 51. It says that Jesus and Samuel grew in favor with God and people. I love that. We have a world obsessed with gaining favor with people. If I have enough favor with the bank, I can get that loan. If I have enough favor, I can promote that product. If I have enough favor, I can get that job. If I have enough favor, I can get that date. And we're obsessed with getting favor with people. And the Bible says if you have favor with God, you'll have no problem with people. And some of us have been trying to grow our influence when God says you need to grow your obedience. And if we grow in favor with him, you watch what will happen. I believe we're supposed to have influence in government, in business, in the marketplace, in ministry, in education. We're supposed to have it, but we can't chase it. We chase obedience to him, and you watch what will happen. It says Jesus made himself obedient to his parents, and the favor of God grew on his life. Because he had favor of God, he had no problem with people. Some of you, you're looking for your influence to grow, and God goes, no, no, grow with me, and I'll look after the rest. There's new levels of favor. Second area I want to encourage us today to grow in is to grow your circle. Grow your circle today. You might want to put that instead of circle, put down your friends. The circle you have, the older I get, the smaller my circle gets. I have this, I, I'm, I'm friends with many, I, I, I'm known by many, I'm friends with few. I realize my circle is really important in my life. I want to encourage you, those in a, in a circle, maybe your circle's in this room, maybe your circle's not in this room, you're friends. Raise the bar of faith, don't lower it. I see so many circle and so many people groups, the older they get, the more they're in this, they start lowering the bar of their faith, they start lowering it. They, I want to encourage you, encourage your circle to new heights. Don't celebrate compromise in your circle. Don't wink at sin. I see this happening. People have been faithful and faithful, and the older they get, the more comfortable they get. They start compromising and go, that's okay. We never used to do that. It's fine now. We kind of deserve it. That used to be a big deal. I've changed my mind on that. We start winking at it. Go, that's okay. Just, you can say a few of those words. You can do a few of those things. You can slack off there a little bit. No, let's get our circle and go to new heights. I love when I have a circle that encourages me. And not out of guilt, not out of forcing, but encourage me going, oh, man, there's more in your life. My son was home for a couple weeks, and he ran into one of you in church. I was preaching at another church in the city, and he came here. And he said this person's name. He said, I love so-and-so. I'm like, why do you love so-and-so? He goes, man, I ran into them in the lobby. I feel so good about myself when I talk to so-and-so. I was like, you know what's interesting, Josh? I feel the exact same way when I ran into that person. He's like, he, you know what I was thinking, though? I want to be that for other people. I'm like, you do? He goes, yeah, I want to be like that. When people see me, they're like, man, he was so encouraging. I believe we are supposed to raise our circle higher. Don't wink at sin. Don't, 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 don't celebrate compromise going, it's okay, let it slide. It's all right. No, no, no. Let's encourage each other. Spur each other on in holiness, in faithfulness, in prayer, in serving, in giving, in kindness, in forgiving. 
and helping people spur each other. What's God saying to you? Conversations doesn't need to be a small group or a service to ask about what God is doing in your life. If the only time we talk about God is when we're in a service, we're missing something. God has been so good to me. God has been so good to us. Let's raise the bar in our circles of what's God doing in your life. Well, we can just read this. It's just, you know, it's a little compromising, but that's how we get to, no, raise the bar in your circles. Oh, let's go hang out with this hobby and this habit. No, 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 no. Raise the bar in your circles. The Bible says a good friend's like iron sharpens iron. You can't sharpen anything with anything dull. We have a bunch of dull people trying to sharpen each other. All that's going to happen is we're all going to be dull. You wonder why your life is dull. You need some sharp friends. If you don't have any sharp friends, be a sharp friend. You watch what will happen. Start to sharpen each other. I'm so thankful for sharp people in this church, sharp people in my life that go, no, 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 no. What's Jesus saying to your life? Where is he asking you to obey? Let's celebrate the talents and the giftings on your life. Let's celebrate what God wants to do. There's more to be done, more miracles to happen. Sharpen your circle. Encourage excellence. Believe in each other's calling and journey. One way you can do that is join a Nova group. We just don't do these because we have to do them. There's something about getting together and building your circle of friends and growing together. They're going to be launching in a couple weeks. I'm going to be running one. Me and Dan are going to run one together for dads when your youth are at, at youth on Wednesday nights every couple weeks. We're going to have one at a coffee shop. Just get together. That's the goal, to sharpen each other. There's going to be ones all over the city. Maybe you're like, I, my, friends, my friends don't sharpen me. My friends are bringing me down. My friends don't celebrate Jesus. Well, then get some new friends. What do you call people that bring you down? That's called ministry. Pour into them, love them, and help them, but they're not your friends. A friend sharpens each other. Oh, I'm better because of you. I'm better at budgeting. I'm better at praying. I'm better at loving. I'm better. I'm more pure when I'm around you. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more faithful when I'm around you. I'm more forgiving when I'm around you. Friends lift you higher. Nova groups would be a great way to do that. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I've seen some of your futures. You need some better friends. Others of you have seen your friends. Your future is so bright you should be wearing sunglasses. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Number three. I'm almost done. Areas to grow. Grow your community. I'll call that your church. You know, it's interesting. Church helps grow both your faith and your circle's faith. I just think we need a vision shift sometimes as a church because if we're not careful, we'll just show up and put up banners and check our kids in and we'll, and we'll play guitars and we'll preach sermons. If we're not careful, we'll forget why we do this. The goal is not attendance, it's growth. This place we gather is not to check a box on Sunday morning, though people do that. Ran into someone recently, like, oh, I've been to your church. Yeah, 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 you're my pastor. Yeah, when was the last time you were at church? 2018, I don't think I'm your pastor. Like, check a box, been to church. Yeah, no, if we're not careful, we'll just check a box here. Do you understand that when we, when we come together as a church, you actually grow your faith and you grow your circle's faith. This is a special place here. And I'm talking about the large church of, of God over the world, but I'm actually talking about Nova right now. And there's so many great churches in our, in our world, in our country, in our city. There are amazing churches in our city. But can I just talk about Nova for a second? This is a special place. Some of you, some of you know how special it is. You can't talk about it without crying. Some of you used to think it was special, and then sometimes we just get used to things. But I know this. It's a special place. What happens here is a miracle every Sunday. The relationships, the moments, the influence, what God has done, what God's doing, it's a special place. There's a real passion in this place to know Jesus and to make room for others to know Jesus. Got the new merch on today, Nova, because that's what we are. And then helping those far from God come close to God from far to close. There's a passion in this room to know Jesus and to help others know Jesus. It's a really special place. If, you, if you've maybe forgotten that, 
your faith is walked out here and others grow in this place. Nancy was meeting with someone this last week. She told me the story. She said, how did you come to Nova? She said, well, I haven't been going to church for a long time. And I was driving down the highway and I saw a billboard last year that said, do you want to go to church? Anybody remember those billboards? Someone, one of you, come to our church now because of that billboard. Saw the billboard. I want to go to church. She's like, I need to go back to church. And she's been coming and going to be a part of ministry and faithful and all this. You know, I want to remind you, you're a billboard. You're a billboard. Every parent-teacher meeting, in traffic, every classroom, every boardroom, every living room you're in, every coffee shop you're in, you are a billboard for what God's doing. There's something special about this community. And I believe God wants us to grow as a community. I didn't say attendance. I said grow in the faithfulness and becoming like Jesus. This year, record baptisms this summer. If you were here for that Sunday, it was a moment. If you caught it, it was a moment. Record attendance this summer. We're going to have record attendance this fall. We have decisions to make as a church. Record giving to help our community know the power of Jesus. The community is still talking. We're actually still getting messages. Any backpacks left? Any backpacks left? Record giving in our community to help people know the love of Jesus. Your worship, listen, grows this community. Your giving grows this community. Your life led by the Holy Spirit grows this community. That's why if you understand the goal is growth, not attendance, it'll change the way you worship in this room. Some of you wander in a little late, and I get it. It's hectic getting out of the house and kids and all that, but I'm saying you're missing a moment. Your worship grows this community. I can't tell you. There's been times on the front row, if I can be honest, I'm going through some stuff in my mind, and I hear voices behind me. I'm one of the pastors. I should have it together on this stage. And I'm like, I don't know if I feel it today. I don't know if I want to be here today. Not very often, not very often, but once in a while. And then I hear voices behind me, and I know what they're going through. Life is not perfect. All the bills are not paid. Not everybody's following Jesus, but they're lifting a worship, and it does something inside of me to grow my faith, and it spurs me on. To see some of the sacrificing giving over this last season, both towards our new building, which we will get, and backpacks and community, a sacrifice, it's not the people with all the money. It's the people with all the heart going, I don't have much. But what I have, I'm believing that together we can grow this community to become more like Jesus. Your worship matters. Your giving matters. Your life following Jesus matters. Your walk encourages me to keep going. Your love for Jesus grows my love for Jesus. Your worship provokes me to lean in, which I want to encourage you today. We need some more people to lead Nova groups because we have a big church. If you're a dream team member, you've gone through next steps, you're eligible to lead a group. How do I lead a group? We'll help you. Just let's form a circle and help people grow in Jesus. We need some more leaders. If you're interested, email us today. We need to know today or tomorrow. But together we can grow as we start another fall season. I, I want to do more than grow older because that's happening whether I like it or not. I want to grow up. Church, I don't want to just celebrate six years as a church. I want to grow up. I want to see our praise grow up. I want to see our prayer grow up. I want to see our faith grow up. I believe even this year as you lean in. Personally, going, you know, that temptation, I just, that gets me every time. That one thing, I just can't break. But if you lean in this year, go, Jesus, what are you saying to me? I want to grow my faith. I'm not talking about attending. I'm talking about growing. I believe this fall, what took you out in August of 2023 won't take you out in November. No, no, I've grown. I'm not perfect. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I'm going, but I'm not where I was. God, help me grow. Man, I, I don't know how to pray. 
Man, I, you talk with that usher praying for his food, if I'm honest. We don't even pray anymore as a family over food. We just kind of let that slip. And I think about it once in a while. And I don't even know if I know what God sounds like. I know God doesn't know what I sound like. I, I don't know. I'm not saying you're going to be here, but I don't know. Maybe by November. Going, you know what? I can tell you this. I feel like I know the voice of God. I feel like he's telling me to do this. I know this. God has heard me cry out for my kids and my teenagers. Maybe your circle. Maybe you've kind of stunted your growth going, man, we were so passionate as a community. A circle. But it seems like this one's a little off the rails and we don't talk about this anymore. And we're, we're, as long as God's not brought up, we're all kind of good. But to be honest, I feel like we've kind of stunted our growth. We, we're kind of stuck here. Maybe that's all we're going to be. No, no, no. I believe together. I don't know if it's a Nova group. I don't know if it's you leading a group. I don't know if it's you just bringing in some of the presence of God into your circle. But I believe your circle can go to new levels of influence. New levels of presence. We hear God together. We encourage each other. We're not just friends. We actually lean on each other. We support each other. And listen, I might be here, but I'm going to help you get here. You might be down here. Let me lift you up. No greater love than a friend than lay down his life for another. Lay down your life for another. Sometimes he's asking, what's God saying to you? If you can't hear God, I'll hear God for you. Come on, stay with me. Let me get you higher today. I believe there's growth available. And as a church, I don't want to just grow older. I want to grow up as a church. I believe there are more salvations that are going to be happening in this community. Radical life change of people walking in, not attending a service, but meeting a willing God and a loving God. I believe there are people far from God, prodigals. This, this is a fall for prodigals. Thus saith the Lord. There are people going to walk through these doors who haven't been not in church in years. They're coming back this fall. I believe we're going to see a growth in faith in this room. I want to see a growth in giving of our lives away. I want to see a growth in compassion. I want to see a growth of the Spirit in our lives, that we are full of the Spirit, both the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit, that there is power available, not just numb, glazed-over people walking into a building, but we feel the power of God. We hear the voice of God, and we are on assignment to make our city, our families, our schools, our world more like Jesus. Oh, I don't want to get older, church. I want to grow up. And I believe we're going to see the markings on the doorposts of our lives this year as we go into the fall, go into Christmas, as we cross over into another year going, look what God is doing. Look at us grow. People go, oh, I haven't been here for a while. I don't know what's happening. But that, the talk in the lobby isn't about the weather anymore. It's about what God's doing. I don't know what happened to that people group and that friend group, but they seem fired up for Jesus. What's happened to you? You seem to be smiling a lot. Your marriage is better. What's going on? I'm growing in my faith. And you watch what God will do if you grow your faith, you grow your circle. God will grow this church. And I believe the gates of hell cannot stand against a church that is growing for Jesus. Church, I don't want to get older. I want to grow up. Stand to your feet today. We're going to pray for you as we close today. What's your goal this fall? Attend or grow. As for me and my house, we want to grow in the Lord. We want to grow in the Lord. I've been doing this a long time, Pastor. I, I think I'm done. I think I've hit my, I think I'm all done growing. I think I'm shrinking at this point. I'm old enough, I'm shrinking. You don't need to shrink in your faith. No, 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 no. You don't retire, you refire. Some of you 70, 80-year-olds, I believe you can grow in your faith and lean down and help some of us younger ones grow in our faith. Some of you young adults, God wants to fire you up. Thank God for socials, but I believe there needs to be another level of faith in your young adults going, no, no. When are we going to have a service, Pastor? 
When are we going to worship together, Pastor? When are we going to invite people, Pastor? I believe there's another level for our young adults. I believe our teenagers and our kids fired up. God wants to grow us. Amen. All of this place, if you're comfortable, would you raise both hands? If you're not comfortable doing that, raise both your hands. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for the doorposts of our life. God, I thank you that you're gracious. That's not a comparison. It's not about how fast that person's growing or those friends are growing or that church is growing. It's about what you called us to do. And God, I know that you're the author and the finisher. You, you started and you're going to finish our faith. And right now we shake off just attendance. We shake off just being faithful. We don't want to just be faithful in our marriage, faithful as a parent, faithful in our church. We want to grow in love. We want to grow in serving. We want to grow in your presence. I'm asking now for another level of hunger and desire for you. Holy Spirit, would you fill this room from the balcony to the front to every service, every screen online. Holy Spirit, would you fill this room? Would you fill us with a hunger for the things of God? Jesus, make yourself real. I pray temptation would fall off. I pray weakness would fall off. And I speak strength, hope, purity, and power in the name of Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, grow your church. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
there's more available, amen? Starting our sixth year as a church, we're getting older, but we are growing up. God has a plan, amen? You're dismissed, next steps is open, grab your kids, the coffee is flowing, come back next Sunday as we celebrate our sixth birthday with special guests. We love you, see you next Sunday.